0: It's not often that I want to brag on somebody a little bit, but I'm going to do that this morning, and uh, it's somebody a lot of you don't know, but many of you maybe heard about him. His name is Dwight Hill, and he is in Montana State Prison. He's a friend of mine, and uh, through unfortunate circumstances in his life, he has been incarcerated a big part of his life since he was a juvenile, and he's about my age now, but he's a very good close friend of mine and a Christian. He was baptized in the church here. And anyway, he made this horsehair belt for me that I'm wearing and uh, got hundreds of hours and he's been working six months on it off and on. And uh, anybody that was familiar with horsehair weaving knows that it's very time consuming. And I, I got it last week and I told him I'm going to wear it this Sunday because I'm going to be preaching. But also, I would just ask you, when you think of Dwight, just remember his first name, lift him up in prayer. He's going to, in a little over a year, he'll be getting out again and hopefully be successful this time. Drugs have messed up his life and stolen a lot from him, but God can pay back the years that the locusts have eaten, right? So, uh, and he looks at uh, this as his church family, you people, so uh, just... Just think about that. And keep that mind. With you. Now we're going to pray and we'll get with the message, okay? So pray along with me. Father, as we uh, come to you this morning, God, we're thankful that we can be here. We're thankful that you're our God and you have something in store for us from your Word. So this morning, God, as we talk about the things that we're going to be talking about, uh, I just pray that we'll all go away with something. And Lord, as we think about prayer, that... Uh, you're hearing and you're listening and you're paying attention and you're answering. So uh, help us to always remember that. We pray and ask this in your son's name. Amen. Well, Phil's been talking to us uh, in the current sermon series that he calls Set My Feet Upon the Rock. You see that in your bulletin. But it's about prayer and our communication with God. And we want to be able to increase our time This is our goal, is increasing our time communicating with God and uh, um, one-on-one, our communication with Him, but also as a group of believers in communicating with God, you know, our church family uh, praying together to our our God and and our Lord. But today I want to talk, what I titled my sermon this morning or my message this morning is when the church prays. And when we say that, when the church prays, that's us, that's you and I, that's all of us when we, when we pray, when we think about that as a group, or even as individuals praying for things that are happening uh, specifically in the church, and, and all our prayers are going up on that issue. But think also about us asking God for things on behalf of the church, the people who are in the church family, they're asking as a group, and then also individuals asking God for His help and guidance. Those are the things that we want to think about this morning. And then, ask yourself this, are we paying attention and looking for the answers? Are we asking in faith? Or are we surprised sometimes by how God does answer our prayers? And we have a very good story and it's recorded in God's Word that can help us as we think about the church praying and sharing in what we would call corporate prayer together as a church family. So take your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 12, the book of Acts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, the fourth book, and we're going to start out in verse uh, 1. I'll give you just a little bit here because I see people looking in their Bibles and turning the pages. That's a wonderful thing uh, to read God's Word together. And this chapter is going to be our hinge pin today, the text that I'm going to use for for the things that we're talking about. So read along with me and we're going to start in uh, verse 1, chapter 12. It says, about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now I'm going to read the last part of that last verse that I just read again. Earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. So, John's brother James had been killed with the sword. More than likely he had been beheaded by Herod, and now Peter's in prison, and you know that uh, what they're thinking about what's going to happen to Peter, but the church was praying earnestly for him. Now, as I studied and thought about this, I couldn't help but think, what did they pray? What were they asking God? It doesn't tell us, but the more I thought about it, I had to get practical in my mind, and I started wondering, what if I'd have been there? What, you know, if we put ourselves in that position. What if I'd have been there and heard what the church was praying for Peter? Now, I've grown up in the church since I was a kid. I've been in the church through the thick and the thin and I'm, I'm here to this present time so I I don't know what it's like to not go to church because I, I just have my whole life and that isn't a badge of honor or anything. I'm just stating a fact to you. And uh, I come to the realization, hey, I've heard a lot of prayers. I've heard prayers from people. I've prayed things. I've heard older people, younger people, people between and praying about different circumstances, good things, bad things, tragic things and stuff over the years. And uh, I thought I can imagine what it was like and the things that they asked God to help Peter. So I wrote, now this is my opinion, okay, uh, uh, about what may have been said from four different perspectives. And then, uh, so I wrote four of them out, and then I had Beth write the one out for the ladies or woman's perspective. So I'm going to have these, and they're not in any important order necessarily. And remember now, this is not Scripture. It's from my perspective, and then also one of them for the ladies is from... Beth's perspective, so we're going to go through these, and remember, this is the idea of maybe what the church was praying with the circumstances of what we just read in these first verses. This is a man's prayer. Dear God, you know our friend Peter is in jail, and that James was killed by Herod's soldiers. We need Peter to help teach us and tell us more about how your son Jesus can save all people, even the Gentiles. You promised us that the gates of hell will not stand against your church. Lord, we are scared and need you to give us hope. Help us trust you. We know you will do the right things for our church. Help us to be strong. But we ask you, God, to please let Peter get out of jail and keep him safe. Also, let the soldiers treat him well. They can be so ruthless. We are asking this. In the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. And Beth did this from a woman's perspective here. Dear Father, I trust you and know that you are the one who saves. There is salvation in no one else. Please give us courage to stand for you in spite of what they may do to us. We want to bring you glory and honor. We praise your holy name. I'm afraid that Herod may have Peter killed with the sword just as he did James. So I ask for Peter to be brave and that he would never denounce you, no matter what may happen. But please, somehow, let him be released from prison. I know that you can do all things, so I pray that he would be kept safe and unharmed. Please let him live and come back to us. We love you and know that nothing can separate us from your love. I pray in Jesus' name. I have this as the an old person's prayer, not maybe necessarily even just age, but uh, maybe old in their Christian walk in the things of the Lord. God, you have been good to us, and over the years you have always been faithful and kept your promises. I don't understand why James was killed, but I do know he was he is with you now. I don't know why Peter is in prison just for telling others, about your wonderful Son, Jesus. But we will see your mighty hand in this situation, and we can always trust you. Help us not doubt and keep our faith and trust in you strong. Hear our prayers and bring Peter back to us so he can continue in the ministry that you have called him to. We ask you in the precious name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. This might be a teen's perspective. Why did James have to die, and now Peter is probably going to die too? My Bible teacher said that you love us and take care of us, but I don't understand what is happening. Please show me that what I have been taught is true and that you are watching over us. In Jesus' name, amen. This may be be a child's prayer. God, you know how sad mom and dad and their friends are about Peter getting put in jail. He's a nice man who tells people about Jesus. God, you could break the jail doors so he could go back home. Then we could be happy again. And could you help my sister find her doll so she's not crabby? (laughs) Amen. You know, as I was thinking about kids, that's why we laugh because kids are simple, aren't they? And they can be tackled when a big major issue, but also... The importance of just let my sister get her doll too. That'll help a little bit too. So, you know, we can smile at that. But you see what I'm trying to get our minds doing in here? The church was praying for Peter. So now let's, let's pick up in verse 6. It says, Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and the light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gate, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice, in her joy she she did not open the gate, but ran and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind, but she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison, and he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. Now when day came, there was no little disturbance among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. And after Herod searched for him and did not find him, he examined the sentries and ordered that they should be put to death. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and spent time there. Now, this this was a pretty big deal, wasn't it? I mean... Peter's in prison and he's got chains on. And there's one soldier on each side of him. He's asleep. The uh, angel comes. But there's 14 more soldiers there uh, who were more than likely stationed like at the inner door and then an outer door because it tells us earlier in the chapter that there were four squads of soldiers. There, a squad was four. So four times four is 16. There was 16 soldiers of them there that were in charge of keeping track of Peter. And then, interesting too, when they get outside and they get up close to the city gate, the gate opens by itself. That's just a cool little tidbit that's in there because, you know, we watch movies and stuff, even children's movies and stuff were kind of mesmerized by the fact of doors and things like that opening by themselves. But uh, uh, that very thing happened. But don't you see why Peter thought uh, maybe he was just having a vision or a dream. Have you ever had to pinch yourself to say, okay, this is really happening? You know, kind of along that line. But then, presto, the angel's gone and Peter decides to go to the home of Mary, John's mother's place where the people are gathered. And it tells us that they are praying. And then, Peter's knocking at an outer gate, and the servant girl Rhoda goes to answer it. Well, she hears his voice. She doesn't even let him in. She just runs back, tells him, "Hey, Peter, Peter's out there." And uh, um, they said, or they think she's crazy, you know. And she keeps insisting. And then, so then they say, "Well, maybe it's his angel." But Peter was there, and he was knocking. And when they identified him, they knew that their prayers had been answered. But isn't that a definite answer to a prayer? You know, they're praying for, the, for him and he shows up. But now before we, do, before we go too much further, I don't want to lose this part of it because we always like uh, the rest of the story, okay? So let's go down to verse 20. Immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. So, didn't want to leave that out. I kind of like the part of what happened to Herod for a couple reasons, what he did to Peter throwing him in jail, but also remember he had uh, um, James killed too, so um, God took care of that situation, but, but just think about this, it kind of reminds me in Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says that God will not be mocked, and that's exactly what uh, Herod was doing, and he was getting pretty full of himself, and um, God took care of the situation there, but um, no matter who we are, we answer to God, right? And uh, um, Herod, Herod uh, answered to God for the things that he had done. But now let's put that aside and let's take a few moments and reflect on our church, okay? Our church, Libby Christian Church here, and uh, uh, things that we pray for and ask God about. Now, see, We don't want this just to be a story of old that we read and all that's cool. But what we have to ask is God recorded it in his word for us for a purpose. So what we have to think, and that's why I wanted to try to get a picture in my mind of the prayers that were offered up on behalf of Peter of what people were saying or what I could hear you guys praying if I was listening under those circumstances. So what we want to do as a church family is we want to see how this applies to us today. So with that thought in mind, I thought we have uh, a a couple good things that we can think about. The pavilion that is out here last spring, uh, because we've just been needing some more room and something to meet our needs for some outdoor things and take some load off of the Lobby area and stuff. So remember, we t- talked about the pavilion and we counted the costs and what it was going to cost close as we could, and we it was going to cost us about forty thousand dollars to do the pavilion that we have out here now. And uh, so we needed that, and it was like that's a need, and we think it'd be a good thing to do. But there was a catch to it. The catch was we've also told the members of the congregation, the leadership has is that we're paying off the the building that we have and stuff and people are contributing to that to pay it off and we want to be good to our word to the members of the congregation. So what are we going to do about that? Well, we talked about that and let's ask God to provide the money for it. You know, we could take up an offering and see if he can provide the money for the pavilion with the offering. Well, the rest of the that story is is that uh, we did take up an offering and we got forty thousand dollars to do the pavilion. And interesting thing about that is is our other giving that people had been committed to of our, what we call our general fund giving and our um, building fund those numbers didn't dive off because we did this project. So you see how that works. And who gets the credit for that? We approached God with good motives and, and we prayed and asked Him for something and He gave it to us. Okay? It's not something we did. We got to be part of it, but God did it, right? So isn't that cool? That, that's, that's one very tangible uh, story there. Now, one more recent than that is the Gap uh, Food Project with IDES that we did just a few weeks ago right in here on Saturday. And uh, um, we researched that out. We needed $15,000 to do that. Well, again, we have this commitment for bigger expenditures like that that we're not going to go in debt. So we thought, what can we do with this situation? Well, let's take up an offering. Let's use our Christmas offering to do this gap. Uh, God always provides food project. So, we needed $15,000 Christmas Day, which this past year was on Sunday. We took up an offering. Guess what? What's the rest of the story? God gave us the $15,000. Now, see, that's something that we can see, and, and there's no argument from us that God is responding. And that's just... Wonderful to get to see that in our church family and see how he uses it. Well, see sometimes what about um, prayers that are hard to quantify? because we can't see the answer maybe in the amount of money, like forty thousand, fifteen thousand, or Peter standing in front of those people and they could acknowledge the fact that God answered the prayer. What about um, those times where it's just harder to see things? And I think, what about God being at work? What about we ask for protection that, that God will protect His church? And, you know, remember, the gates of hell will not uh, prevail against God's church. But we pray for protection. What about those things? What about the things that didn't happen us that we can't see or go back and put our finger on it but we have to trust that God is answering those prayers too right and so I like to think about that what what could have happened here at Libby Christian Church that could have devastated the ministry or whatever it would be and and because of you people us praying together for God's protection he's answered that prayer He would be the only one that would be able to tell us that, hey, by the way, you didn't know, but, uh, you know, while you were sleeping, um, I answered your prayer on this and this thing didn't happen and you didn't even really know it, but that's okay because I love you and I'm taking good care of you. He might say something like that to us, but we know and trust Him that He is providing for us and taking care of us. But as I look around the church family, I see God at work, and he is answering our prayers. And all of us need to remember that God is faithful, and he does everything that he tells us he will do. And so my question is, are you praying? Uh, If not, you can learn how to pray. And... uh, um, just start by talking to him, just like uh, you do your friends. We talk to our friends that 's the type of talk God wants to hear from us doesn 't have to be complicated. He wants to talk just like when we go over to a good friend's or one of our kids comes and visits us and talks with us that 's what God wants and uh you know later on in the uh, service here, we have a prayer time at the prayer room, you know, Brian will be over there and he can uh, answer some things about prayer, get somebody to help pray with you and maybe show you how to pray. If you're not good at praying, it's something that you can get good at very quickly just spending some time doing it. Um, I want to look at a scripture and uh, it's in the book of John chapter 15 and it's verse 5. And it says that this is Jesus' words now. John 15, verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine and you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. So Jesus is telling us here that if we're going to get something done, it's going to be through him. You know, in the allegory of He's the vine and we're the branches. Well, that's the fact. The branch can't do anything or won't live unless it's connected to the vine. But Jesus is is our connection. And I want to close with just some thoughts here about, and this is out of the book of Revelation, chapter 8, and verses 1 through 4. And j- just listen to this. This gives us a little glimpse into the heavenly realms of what things might be like about prayer and what we're talking about. So listen to these words. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne, and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God, and from the hand of the angel. See, see, there we're getting, we're getting just a little glimpse of, maybe some heavenly, uh, happenings there. We would call that, and we know our prayers are being. Answered, and they're being taken before the throne because of Jesus himself told us this. And let's go over to John chapter 14. John chapter 14 and verses 13 and 14. Jesus tells us here, he says, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. That's what Jesus tells us. So, we ask, we ask things in the name of Jesus. You'll notice here when we pray at Libby Christian Church, our prayers go up and we end with in Jesus' name or we, we're asking these things in Jesus' name um, because we realize and we know that the way the prayers are going to get to the Father is through Jesus. And that we ask Him and He gets the job done for us, right? Uh, In working with His Father. And so, with that in mind, um, I think the answer to the question, what happens when the church prays? Well, what happens when the church prays is heaven responds. We've seen that. And we're living that. And we need to remember that. And you know, thank you for, as church members, for praying collectively uh, for these projects that come up, things, prayer needs that come. We have the prayer chain that goes out, uh, that is emailed out to people. And prayer needs are being met. And God is hearing and answering those prayers. I mean... We're very fortunate that we have that. We're not doing things on our own. We got the Creator of the universe, the one that created us, taking care of us, and that's that's pretty good stuff, isn't it? So, um, go ahead and stand, and we'll have a prayer, and then we'll sing another song. So, Father, as we come before you, God, uh, we're thankful for this story that is in your Word, and God, uh, what was happening then uh, in the story we looked at with Peter and even James losing his life, God, for the cause of uh, you, that uh, that's not just a story. The very same things are happening today, God. Um, We ask you for things in the name of your son, and you respond and you hear us. And God, some of the things uh, we need to just pay attention and look back and see that you've answered them. And then there's some things that uh, you have protected us from or maybe given us that we haven't even asked for and certainly don't deserve, but uh, we haven't even been able to tell you thanks because uh, uh, you're not keeping score. You love us so much, God. So thank you for that. And we humbly ask you to teach us how to pray, Lord, and that we would communicate with you more and more because that's what you want. And we love you and thank you that our prayers are heard because your son gave his life for us and uh, we have hope in him. And so we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.